Hello, everyone, and welcome to Mind Body Green's beauty podcast, Lane of Beauty School. I am your host and beauty director, Alexandra Engler. Today, we are chatting with Natalie Aguilar, who is a celebrity esthetician whose work and LA-based practice have become a go-to for many, many A-listers. She is also a skincare expert who keeps her finger on the pulse. I always see her name popping up in beauty articles talking about the latest trends and treatments, including our very own here at Mind Body Cream. After reading several skincare tips from her, including one about skin snacks, which we definitely talk about later, I wanted to have her on so she could share more. I just love her approach to skincare, which is a thoughtful mix of lifestyle changes, consistent and reasonable skincare routines, and in-office treatments if you can afford and have accessibility to them. It is very similar to my own approach to skincare and beauty. Without further ado, welcome, Natalie. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to chat all things skincare with you. I know you are a source in a few of our skincare stories lately, and I just love all of the tips that I have seen from you. So I couldn't wait to get you on the podcast so I could ask and get a few more for myself. But before we get into any of those, I would like the guests and myself to get to know you a little bit better. Can you tell us your journey into the beauty industry? Yes, of course. So skincare has been my obsession for the last 20 years. Um, At 17, I got my first job working for a skincare company called Biotherm. They are no longer in the States, but I remember going to my first day, you had to wear all white. And I remember showing up in like a sexy nurse white dress and thinking this is going to be so great. And sure enough, it became my obsession immediately. But unfortunately, Biotherm left the States. And so I was kind of sad and wondering, like, am I going to have a job after this? And lucky enough, I was recruited by Chanel Skincare. And after that, I've probably worked for every skincare line in department stores. So how did you decide that you wanted to become an esthetician and then eventually, you know, open up your own practice? So none of this was by choice. It all just happened so naturally. When I was 16, my face was covered in eczema and psoriasis, Mm -hmm. as well as my arms and knees. And my mom continuously took me to different dermatologists who only gave me corticosteroids. And I remember like feeling defeated because it's like, oh, I've already had that cream. That's not going to work. And yet again, I would try and again, it would fail. And my face was constantly on fire. It was burning. It was uncomfortable. I didn't know what to do but use these creams. And I would get made fun of from my friends. They would call me baboon face or baboon ass just because it was always red. And so we would go to the mall. And back then in like 2002, it was all about having every single MAC eyeshadow. Like mm-hmm. every color. Yes. I just had to have it. So while my friends would look for their next color, I would just browse around. And it was at the Glendo Galleria that we were at. When they were shopping for their eyeshadows, Nordstrom Cosmetics was literally next door. So I walked over there and I was browsing through the cosmetic department when I ran into a woman at the YSL counter. 
And she said to me that if I purchased this $200 cream, she would give me a gift with purchase. And in the gift with purchase, there was cleanser, there was toner, there was eye cream. There was all these things I never knew about. So sure enough, I ended up buying this cream and going home so excited. Like I had a whole skincare routine. This is going to fix my skin. And as you can imagine, some brands have a lot of fragrance in them. Mm. So this cream did not help, but it did open my mind to more, that there is more out there besides just a cream. So I became very curious and I would find myself at this cosmetic department probably two to three times a week. And shortly after I started college and I was so excited, I was in, bi in like a biology major mm. and all I could think about was skincare. And anytime something in biology mentioned skin, it would have my attention. And so I decided to drop out and enroll into esthetician school. And my parents were really upset. They thought it wasn't anything to be proud of. They had high expectations. And so I finished esthetician school. And sure enough, my parents went to my graduation and they were crying. And <laughs> I was like, okay, well, what more can I do? So then I did cosmetology school because that's everything. That's like skin, hair, nails. And that was also great. But I also felt like, okay, I need more. And I decided to go back to nursing school, knowing that I would only work in dermatology. Yeah. And so as I did all this schooling, I was actually working for all the skincare brands that I told you about in the first question. <laughs> so I got to know a lot of the employees at the cosmetic counter, and that's how I ended up working for Biotherm. And throughout all my schooling, I was working for different skincare lines. And as soon as I graduated nursing school, I landed my first job on Rodeo Drive in Beverly Hills, where I worked and practiced as a nurse for seven years. Wow. Yes. And then shortly after that, I just wanted to open my own skincare place where I could just connect with my clients. Sure. And offer some of the greatest and latest treatments that are available because I never want anyone to feel the uncomfort that I felt as a teen. You know, it's so interesting that you found your career path through your own skin journeys when you were young. I do feel like that is a very common through line with a lot of people that I talk with. Even myself, you know, I look back and I had really severe acne growing up. Yeah. And I don't, you know, at the time, I didn't think that it was going to lead me into a beauty career. But looking back, you know, you can kind of connect all these dots and trace it back to those early memories. And, you know, it always just makes me curious is, do you have any notable memories that you can look back on and, and say that that definitely shaped my career or my beauty philosophy or how I look? At skin, you know, you mentioned having eczema. Is there anything else? It's just what came natural to me. Skincare, yeah. Yeah. Skincare is what came natural to me. And I just think that just remembering that pain and that redness and that mm. burn, those are my memories that shaped my career. Yeah. And it, you've even said this is like you never wanted anybody to feel that way. So, you know, you you kind of made it your life's work to make sure that people didn't. I think that's really beautiful. And also my youngest brother, we I'm one of four. I'm the oldest. 
Yeah. I caught him crying one time because his oh. acne was so bad. So we were actually opposite. I was dry, burning, and bleeding. And oh. he was red, bumpy, and pustuly and in pain. And I remember saying, don't worry, I got you. I'm a skin nurse. Like, let's put you on Accutane. Let's do this. Let's do that. And in a year, he had no acne. And I think that to me is something that I could take pride in, not only helping my brother, but everyone that I get to meet. Yeah. What if we knew all of these things that are in podcasts now? Like, I'm so grateful for these because you never know who they can reach and possibly help. You know, I totally agree because, you know, sometimes people just, they just don't know that the options are out there for them or they don't know, you know, the wide range of treatments available, whether you want to go on something like Accutane or whether you want something that is more of a holistic approach or whether you want something that's lifestyle modifications or whether you don't care and you, you know, you want the really intense topicals, you know, it's just I just think it's important that people know that there's just so many options out there for them. There's so many. What is your beauty philosophy? Well, it's awesome that you mentioned all of the above because I tend to be all of the above. I can be yeah. holistic. I can be on the go. I can do a little bit of everything and match those with their appropriate skincare. But I would say my philosophy of healthy skin does not differ than my philosophy of a healthy lifestyle. Mm. They're both meant to be practiced every day. And I love that. I find peace knowing that I have put all of my love, knowledge, experience, and good energy into every single face my hands touch. Mm. And I think a lot of us forget that. Like, oh, you know, today's one day, but tomorrow's another. And life is practice. Yeah. I think that's so such like an interesting and thoughtful approach to this because, you know, I do think that sometimes people don't view beauty in the same way that they view taking care of their body. Like they know that they need to eat healthy every day if they want to be healthy, you know, or if they want, you know, like a healthy gut or whatever it is, whatever mm -hmm. their goals are. And they don't necessarily, I, I don't know, they just don't necessarily hold their skin in the same regard, which I find almost frustrating. I'm sure you kind of find that frustrating too. I do. I mean, what, when people come in, what is, what is it like talking with people and trying to get them to, to understand that it's, it's just the same as taking care of your body? You know, does it take a little bit of a learning curve? It does take a little bit of a learning curve. Like I always start with the basic question. How much water do you drink every day? Not how much water did you have yesterday or today, but every day. And I take out my hydrometer and I assess the, the hydration in their skin from their forehead to their hands. And when it's in the 39%, their eyes open and they're like, oh my God, I didn't know I was that dehydrated. And I'm like, okay, so for this month, I want you to practice drinking water every single day. And then when their next visit comes, we add another, like another piece of homework yeah, or another product. So you just mentioned the hydrometer. Is that what you said? Yes. Okay. So are these, those, I, you know, I feel like I played around with these probably like four years ago. Are these those things that you put on your skin and then they rate how hydrated you are? Yes. 
Okay, what? How does this work? I'm now. I'm just curious about this because I I feel like I was gifted one or something for a beauty event, and I have since lost it. But you know, <laughs> how do these work? Should I get a new one? <laughs> I think you might want a new one. There are okay. different kind, but most of them just have like a little sensor on the bevel. And you know they're legit when they don't let you cheat because sometimes people have put cream first and it okay. won't read. So you have to do it on dry skin. You place – sometimes you have to reset it or calibrate. So you press go and then you hold it against your skin for a few seconds until it beeps. And then it gives you a percentage. And some give you number brackets where you compare it to a percentage, but they're all really different. But they're really – a great way to motivate you to drink water. Okay. Well, I'll put it on my to-do list is to get another one because <laughs> I have somebody who is like constantly like, am I hydrated enough? Am I, you know, I just, I don't know. I can never tell. You can mostly feel it if your lips are dry. If you find yourself swallowing a lot, you're dehydrated. Okay. okay. All those little things. Yes. Okay, so I want to talk a little bit about skincare trends. You know, in the age of social media, we see these come and go at lightning speed, it feels like. And that can make for a very confusing market where people don't quite know what they should be using or, you know, what's legit or not. Mm -hmm. So I want to ask, what are you seeing right now? In terms of skincare trends specifically, why don't we start with ones that you agree with? And then I definitely want to hear the ones that you do not agree with. But why don't we start with the ones you like? I think my first trend that I love seeing lately is people finding their skin person. Like there, mm -hmm. I think a few years ago, it was all about just trying facials everywhere and never getting to connect with your skin therapist. And lately, which I love, I see people posting their skin therapist saying, because of her, I was able to achieve this. Or because I saw him every month, I was able to achieve this. So now it's about building relationships with your skin person that can take care of you as an individual. So I find that to be really awesome. Can um, I ask a few follow-up questions on that? Yeah, Just because yeah. I, I am somebody who absolutely and if you know if a person is able and lives in an area with estheticians and they can financially afford it i am somebody who is like get yourself someone that you go to regularly every other every other culture or not every other culture but a lot of cultures around the world views that view getting regular facials as a vital part of their skincare routine they don't view it as pampering you know it is a part of what they do to take care of themselves it's like very legitimate and we don't necessarily view it like we view it as an indulgence in the States. And I think that is such the wrong way to view it. So with all that being said, like how can people look for their skin therapist? Like how do they know that it's a good fit? Are there, you know, like how should they feel, you know, when they go to these people? Are there things that you tell people to look for in terms of finding somebody that works for you? Yes, I think you always go with your intuition. Like do okay. you feel comfortable with this person? Do you feel like this person is listening to your needs? You kind of feel like your energy is at peace when you meet the right one. Mm. It's like finding a, a good friend or a partner. Exactly. <laughs> okay, so you love them because they end up being your therapist. 
Totally. I mean, once you start talking about your skin, you really start opening up. <laughs> yes. We all have okay. a reason, like a goal behind our face. Yeah. Some people are trying to find their next partner or some people just love taking care of themselves. There's so many stories behind everyone's skin. Yeah. I think that's, you know, it's, it's almost similar to a hairstylist too. You know, it's, you really do form bonds with these people and they do take care of you. And it's important to find somebody who meshes with your personality and meshes with your, you know, your, how you want to take care of yourself. Yes. Okay. So that's one trend. So what trends are you seeing that you wish people would stop doing? <laughs> I wish people would stop doing what they see others do. Mm. This is why I don't offer menus at my location. As a human, we tend to want everything on the menu and not everything is designed for you. So I sometimes see someone post a video of a treatment they've had done followed with a bunch of comments saying, I'm going to get that or I'm going to do that. So I think just because someone saw a treatment online doesn't necessarily mean it's the best fit for you. And moving on to that, I actually just got an ad on my phone to be to learn how to use the Hyaluron pen. No experience or no certification needed. Wow. A day after I got an email from the FDA warning people about the Hyaluron pen and how it's illegal and yeah. cause permanent irreversible damage. And I'm thinking, how are these people offering classes to provide Hyaluron treatments when the FDA is deeming it unsafe? So there's a lot of weird things out there that I see. That's so scary. Yes. And Can you explain what a Hyaluron pen is for people who may not know? It's basically targeting someone who wants filler but is afraid of needles. It's like okay. a needleless filler. Okay. And there have been so many just case after case of dangerous outcomes. And to make it worse, these Hyaluron pens aren't even made in the U.S. They're like aftermarket devices you can find on any website. That's so terrifying. It is terrifying. And they make it sound so new and so bougie. Yikes. <laughs> I, I I hate things. <laughs> hearing things like that. Oh, no. It's scary. It is so scary. Oh, I just, you know, I want people to take care of their skin and treat it nicely. That doesn't sound nice. <laughs> exactly. Okay. We've talked about some trends, but I want to also just ask about general skincare myths. And this isn't so much trends as just, I don't know, almost like misconceptions that people have about skin that are just kind of ubiquitous and always present. You obviously see a lot of clients and a lot of people come in. And, you know, are there just misconceptions about the skin that you just keep on running into time and time again that, you know, you wish that you could just re-educate people on? I think the first myth that comes to mind is a peel cures it all. Got it. I feel like some people think, oh, I haven't been really great about my skincare routine or my facials. So I'm just going to go in and get a chemical peel and address everything that I see needs some help and I'll have perfect skin. That's not how it works. Like in order to get a chemical peel, your skin has to be 
at its prime. It has to be yeah. treated, hydrated, prepared for a peel. A yeah. peel is made to just dust off any residual. It's mm -hmm. not designed to just fix everything. I'm assuming that kind of comes back to skin barrier function, right? Yes. Okay, so I so I love talking about the skin barrier. It is one of my favorite areas of, I guess, skincare discussion. So why is that so important that you need a strong skin barrier if you are going to be doing these other treatments? Because I do think that there is a little bit of a disconnect there that people don't realize. Your skincare barrier is basically your skin's immune system. Mm. It is a several million organisms. And Anything can throw it off, whether yeah. it's using the wrong product or, for example, I just had a client who was on antibiotics. Yeah. On day three, her skin was covered in white pustules. And she was like, help. And I was like, oh, are you on antibiotics? She's like, yes. So I was like, okay, you basically killed all your good bacteria. So now we have to reintroduce good bacteria like probiotics and then the prebiotics that feed them. So here she mentions pre and postbiotics. In the show notes, I will link out to our work that talks about the differences in all of these biotic ingredients. I'm not going to get into the weeds in it here because there is a lot to discuss. But I also want to point out a third category of ingredients called postbiotics. Postbiotics are the outputs from the organisms that live on your skin. Basically, the live organisms that make up your skin microbiome produce key and beneficial outputs, things like enzymes, hyaluronic acid, biosurfactants, fatty acids, and peptides. If those all sound like very familiar ingredients to you that you might find in skincare products, that's because they are. Yes, your skin naturally makes its own skincare. Pretty cool, right? However, our microbiomes have to be balanced and thriving to do this. And because modern lifestyle and current skincare habits, they are often not. This is why biotic ingredients like postbiotics are so useful. They can replant those key outputs that your skin should be making naturally, creating a more flourishing microbial community in the process. Keeping that in mind, you have to keep your skin barrier function like healthy, and not compromise it. Yeah, I, it is so fascinating. I mean, I, I think about my own journey with my skin barrier. I am definitely somebody who spent a good majority of their life over exfoliating. <laughs> I, I think it's a habit that I developed when I had acne in, you know, the, uh, gosh, early aughts where everybody was using just really, really strong products to treat acne and like face brushes and proactive and you know, alcohol-based toners and all these sort of things. And I just, you know, I think it really, it took me a long time to get over that, that mental hurdle of like, oh, it's, my skin hurts. That must mean it's working or I must be drying out the acne. And obviously that's not how you should be treating your skin. Debunked another myth. Uh, if it hurts, it doesn't mean it works. <laughs> Tell me more about that because it took me a while to learn that. So I'm sure there's other people out there who are struggling with this too. Yeah, I feel like that's been a long-term 
like an idiom almost, like a phrase that people just like, it's like beauty is pain. Yeah, you know? beauty is pain. So this peel or this cream I'm putting that's really burning, it's working because it's making me beautiful. No, most treatments that are really helping your skin don't feel painful. Mm. You feel treatments don't have to hurt for them to work. I I think that is so important to drive home for people. You know, I actually wanted to ask you a few things about how people can do a little bit of a spa day at home. And, you know, I always say this with leave all the big stuff to the professionals. You know, if <laughs> if there's anything that gives you pause, always, you know, leave that for the pros. But I, you know, I, I think it's fun for people to be able to do a little spa day and take care of their skin and put it in their own hands. So, you know, if somebody wanted to give themselves a little bit of a facial at home, how could they do that safely without, you know, doing all these things that we just talked about, like stripping their skin or hurting their skin or, you know, compromising their barrier? Are there are there little things that you that you tell people that they can do at home to pamper themselves? Yes, I always have a layout for my clients. Okay. Basic skincare <laughs> is made up of a cleanser, a moisturizer, and a sunscreen. That's just okay. basic skin hygiene. Now, if you want to get a little advanced, you can throw in a toner and an eye cream and maybe a scrub that's used once in a while. Spa days is when you want to use your face mask, possibly your face scrub, and possibly a beauty gadget such as an at-home LED light. Mm. or an at-home microcurrent. I always say do your basic skin routine on the daily, but find two days out of the week where you can just indulge and use your products like an eye mask, a face mask, and possibly have a few extra minutes for some LED. But going overboard is something I really don't recommend, like doing microneedling and micro rolling and your at-home peels that you found online or microdermabrasion devices that you might have found online. That's where things get dangerous. Yeah. No, I totally agree. So I love LED lights. Can you explain to the audience what they do for the skin? LED is probably one of my favorite treatments. It's just so simple. It stands for light emitting diode and they provide your skin with the energy it needs to regenerate, recover, and repair itself. Red being the most popular light because it increases, it's known as the anti-aging light and it helps decrease inflammation, increase circulation, which brings nutrients and oxygen to the skin and it promotes healing. Blue is popular for acne. It disciplines the sebum glands and it also contains a light wave that destroys acne causing bacteria. And there's other colors that are less popular, which are yellow and green, which is which are soothing and help with pigmentation. Okay. How does somebody find a device that they can trust? Is LED light at-home lights, something that you could buy potentially like a cheaper option and it still works the same as a more expensive option? Or is it something that you should get, you know, the more expensive option if you can afford it? Like what, I don't know, what should people look for? 
I think when you're shopping for a beauty product, you should shop from somewhere that you can trust. Okay. Like I would not shop on this website called Alibaba.com where you can yeah. literally find anything and their LED panel is probably composed of Christmas LED lights. <laughs> so luckily, LED has been around for some time where you can find some at different price points. So for example, Light Stim has an amazing light wand that's the blue I think is $100 and the red's almost 200 where that's actually like a pro panel where if you go into a larger panel, you'll be in the $1,000 range. Okay. So there's a lot of good brands out there that are very affordable these days. I, I actually think that's really good advice is just like find a, a company that kind of specializes in it, right? Yes. And also like you don't think Nordstrom would sell aftermarket products like they're a reputable store. Yeah. So just shopping from a reputable store is the best advice I could give. Okay. Okay. I think that's very good advice. Don't just trust everything that you find on the internet. Okay. <laughs> Okay, you mentioned some things that should always be left to the pros. You know, you mentioned you know, the microdermabrasion, the, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So speaking of pro treatments, what are some of your favorite in-office treatments that you offer people? And, you know, who who would they be good for? I basically ask this question because, you know, I think I, I think people are curious about what what might be in store for them if they go to an esthetician and, you know, they there are different tools and technologies available to them. You know, I think I think people are just hungry for this information before they go. So, you know, are there good things that you offer that, you know, you that you think are good for the skin? Yes. So I always start with facials. Why? Because mm -hmm. facials are like your boot camp for skin. They address needs such as the simple needs, such as moisture and brightening and clarifying. So prepping and priming your skin is the first step before doing any procedure. Mm. Like you don't want to do lasers on dehydrated skin. Your risk of burning or scarring is greater. So I always say nail the facials first get your skin in prime condition. And if after that, you still feel like I would want to address my pigmentation more, or I would like to tighten my skin, then you go into the next treatment slash phase. Your skin needs to be worked out just like our bodies. Like first you have to master walking the mile. Yeah. Like nobody is like, oh, go run a marathon. And then right. So skincare is the same thing. You have to train it. You have to prep it. You have to prime it. And you have to get it disciplined by using your creams, like your skincare on the daily. Yeah. I think that's really smart because like I think about my how I work out and, you know, I don't go to a Barry's boot camp if I'm not already kind of in shape, you know? <laughs> Well, I've done that. It was so embarrassing. I sat down the whole class and I was like trying not to gag. Yeah. Yeah. You have to, you know, if, if you want the big stuff, you kind of have to make sure you're in a place that you can but handle I think it. My client was the trainer, so I wasn't oh. that <laughs> Okay. Okay. You were cut some slack. Because I've definitely but been to some classes I was not cut slack. <laughs> <laughs> going back to that, like I just did a chemical peel on my client on Saturday. 
Yeah. And she's been my client for two years. And the first day she came to me, she said, I want to do a chemical peel. And I was like, we can't do that. And she said, what do you mean? I said, well, I need to learn your skin. I need to learn your lifestyle. We need to prep you for this. And she wasn't prepped for two years. It was this Saturday, actually this Saturday, like four days ago that we did it. And she just, during the peel, she said, that's how I knew you were my girl. Yeah. She said, everyone else would have done it. And you told me that I wasn't prepared. And she just texted me yesterday. She's like, I'm peeling. And prepping your skin makes future treatments more comfortable and Mm. more predictable. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that is such good advice and advice that I'm going to take myself. So, you know, I'm curious when clients come in, I, I know that you you ask, you know, you run the gamut on advice that you give and you really do approach skin from this really well-rounded point of view. And so a part of that, I am sure, are lifestyle habits. How do you encourage people to take care of their skin through their lifestyle? You've mentioned drinking water. Is there anything else that you really encourage people to do for their skin? Yes. My other rule happens to be three skin snacks a day. I love this rule. I started doing it. You told this to one of the writers and she put it in a story. And I, I swear I do this every day. I'm like, I need to go grab my blueberries because (laughs) Natalie told me I need three skincare snacks. (laughs) And it's so cute because I've been telling my clients this for like 15 years. So when I saw an article just about this three skin snacks, I was like cheesy. I was like, oh my gosh, I've been saying this for a long time and it finally has its own little page. So the more, color, the more color in fruits and veggies, you know, the, the more color I feel it gives our skin. Yeah. And berries are just loaded with antioxidants um, and vitamins and minerals that our body needs. And our skin reflects what we eat. And so if you could just do three skin snacks a day, it makes a really huge difference. And skin snacks, I mean snacks that are going to benefit your skin fruits some people break out with nuts but if you could do nuts that's amazing and the more color the better Hmm. i think it's such a cute tip i think about it all the time i love it (laughs) Um, another thing is like increasing circulation okay you know sitting down all day just causes your blood to be stagnant and blood carries all of your nutrition and oxygen that skin would your skin would need And this is why the gua sha facial is so popular because you're scraping and gliding skin to bring fresh blood flow. So I feel like if you can do that to your whole body, why not? Whether it's doing like a few jumping jacks or jumping rope or going to get a massage, like that's going to increase blood flow. So getting your circulation moving is one of my other lifestyle changes like do something every day to get your blood flow moving yeah I feel like a lot of us could probably use that tip right now because you know we're all a little bit more sedentary than we probably are used to from considering a lot of us are still working from home a majority of the time so definitely good to keep in mind the one I cannot stress more about is stress Mm. like that ages someone dramatically yeah Stress creates inflammatory hormones like cortisol. Mm -hmm. And cortisol 
affects skin in the form of acne, rashes, eczema, psoriasis. Stress creates way too much inflammation. So I've actually made myself allergic to it for the last four years. Like, I don't know how I've done it. Like, (laughs) I see, oh, you're bill is late and i'm like oh great don't worry i got this i'll pay it later like i've been great about picking my battles like what's nothing's worth your stress and i think feeling at peace with yourself is one of the biggest changes we all have to make whether it's skin related or not yeah yeah i mean that's a hard lesson to learn but it's a very important lesson to learn it is. And we need to be reminded every day. Yeah. 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 You know, it's pick your battles. I that's something that I need to remind myself of, too. It's yeah. it's hard. It's it hard. is hard, but you'll get you get pro after a while. You're right. It takes practice just like any other habit. Yes. OK, so I want to ask a little bit about favorite ingredients, you know, because I, I always know that people love hearing these and obviously it is very skin type skin type specific and it is also very individual so I always encourage everybody to you know take this advice within the lens of your own skin but you know do you have any favorite ingredients or types of products for let's start with acne you know do you have any 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 types of products or ingredients that are your favorites when it comes to treating acne I like to start with the simple and more gentle ingredients like don't assume you have severe acne and just go for the benzoyl peroxide wash yeah when it could have just used a mild lactic acid wash Mm. so my favorite ingredients for acne are alpha hydroxy acids and beta hydroxy acids alpha hydroxy acids are derived from fruits and some veggies which are which tend to be like the more mild acids. So if you're going to start using like skincare for acne for the first time, I recommend starting with the gentle acids, which are alpha hydroxy and beta hydroxy. And then slowly make your way towards if needed towards stronger acids such as retinoic acid. What are some of your favorite ingredients for anti-aging if somebody is having experiencing like fine lines for the first time? Definitely my favorite ingredients for anti-aging happen to be everything peptides and amino acids. Okay. As well as hyaluronic acid. So very plumping ingredients. Yeah, plumping and nutritious. Like you want proteins in there. When we talk about topical skincare ingredients, we talk a lot about antioxidants and lipids. And those are great, and we definitely have reason to talk about them. But in addition to those, your skin also needs peptides. So your skin is made up of proteins, and the most notable being collagen. And these proteins benefit from feeding them peptides or chains of amino acids. Amino acids are the building blocks of proteins. When used topically, these are able to penetrate the epidermis and signal to your skin to make more collagen. We always recommend pairing your peptides, your topical peptides of choice with other ingredients that can help collagen production as well, such as vitamin C and E. Additionally, you will want to support your skin's moisture layer too, so definitely look 
for hydrating botanical oils and ceramides. Yeah, yeah. And for dryness, what are some of your favorite ingredients there? For dryness, I recommend lipids and ceramides. You cannot go wrong with those two. All all great ingredients all around. Um, mm-hmm. Love, love all that. So the last section I have is all about what you do for yourself. So why don't we start with your well-being habits? For example, are there any, you know, mental health practices, workouts, or nutrition that you follow every day? Yes, this is like what I live for. (laughs) My first thing, I wake up every morning and I have to make a a skin tea, like a tea with goji berries, Mm -hmm. something that's just going to like make me feel rosy. So I do teas on the daily. My, My sister and I love to share the best vegan collagen supplements. Okay. So so we're always trying new vegan supplements. So we make smoothies with that every single day. I press fresh juice every single day with ginger and turmeric root. And I love playing spa, even though it's all I do at work. Like I get home and I'm looking at my cabinet like, what should I do today? Like that's the best feeling is just coming home and putting on a face mask and being thankful for everything you did that day. Yeah, I I think that's really sweet. I, you know, to use your skincare practice as also a gratitude practice. Yes. Even just turning on like my water in the morning. I know it's so cheesy, but I'm like, wow, I have water. Like, this is so amazing. Like that never gets old. Yeah, I think that's really sweet. I love that. So obviously I have to ask you, what is your day-to-day skincare routine? Awesome. This is really awesome. I use a lot of Biologique Recherche products. Yeah. So I start with their cleanse, their cleansing milk every day, the Layu, the VI, the Layu VIP, mm-hmm. which is their oxygenating cleanser, which is great for city life. Yeah. And then I am also a huge fan of their P50 toner. Yeah, the classic. Yes, I use their P50 PIGM just because I don't want discoloration on my face. So I feel like it does a great job at brightening and toning my skin. And right now I'm using a plum oil by Le Prunier. It's three sisters who have a a plum farm. And they've extracted this oil. And so I love using really nice face oils and occasionally i pull out my tech products whether it's my light stim or my microcurrent or my low level laser which helps regenerate the skin so i always do a treatment at least once a day or every other day okay and being that I have fear of ever getting eczema again yeah i use a lipid rich moisturizer by Biologique, actually. It's called Dermo RL. And none of the products I use have fragrance. Yep. Or are dirty. Like, I am a huge fan of clean products. Yeah. Yeah. I do think the fragrance point is very important for people with sensitive skin. I personally love fragrance, but, you know, I definitely cannot tolerate on my face. So 
always important for people to remember. I can't use it on my face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I always have to avoid fragranced skincare products. I, you know, I leave that, I leave that for a little spritz on my body, you know? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, thank you so, so much for joining today. You provided Oh, well, you provided such great information and so many good little tips here and there. I, you know, like I said, I'm such a big fan of your skincare snack tip even before this. So, you know, I will, I definitely will be adding a few more of your tips into my daily, my daily lifestyle now too, because there is so much good info in here. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much. Hey everyone, thank you so much for coming by and listening to today's episode. If you liked this episode and you like this podcast in general, don't forget to rate and review us and I will see you next week.